Hello and welcome to Bennett and Reed's Outdoor Fishing Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Oh, an exciting week we have planned for y'all. Oh, yes, glad to be Main, here. Thank, thank you for joining me today, Bennett. Of course. It's always an honor. Of course. Always an honor. Anything for a fellow fisherman. Always. Anything. Today's topic, spring bass fishing and how to catch these fish on the beds because they are there right now, I promise you, and... The eggs are dumped. They are protecting them right now. They are on the beds, guys. So, and they're hungry. I mean, that takes, oh, lot, that takes a lot of work to protect, protect the eggs. Yes. It takes a lot of work, and they're hungry. Well, bass fish are hungry, predatory fish. There is no doubt about that. And that's our job, is to feed them. Feed them. And catch and them. And catch them. Now, Bennett and I recently took a trip on my John boat. and we, The bass eater. The bass eater. The bass eater. And, oh, boy, do we catch fish on that oh, thing. Yes. And it's a beautiful boat, too. Oh, there's one problem with it. Hey. It leaks. It le- just a little bit. It which, leaks. in a boat, may be a major problem. Possibly. But, perhaps. But it doesn't leak enough to sink it. We still caught, what, like 20 fish? At least. And it was still fine. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. And, okay. So, let's start with how our day started. We were going to an original... We, were, we had an original plan to go to this, like, 90-acre lake. No gas motors. There was going to be nobody out there. It's that big? Oh, yeah. 90 acres? Yeah. It's the reservoir for the town. Oh, we got to go out there sometime. I know. Oh, my goodness. If the rodeo. I know. Okay, we get out there. Okay, the whole point of the story is there's no cell service out there, and they had closed the last mile of that road down for construction, and the lake is at the end of the road. So Bennett and I, we drive up. We're driving down the road. Mm-hmm. la di da di da Eating our honey buns. Drinking our Just got our honey buns, as in the famous words of Robert oh. Earl Keane. And... Mm-hmm. Boy, did we got in the pickup, gave her the gas, and the last mile of this hour and a half trip, we had to walk. There was a road close sign. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were so disappointed. So we walked all the way down there and saw what was the issue. Gates put in, can't get past it. No, there was a gate on a public highway, which I got problems with. Oh, no, with. yeah, we all do, of course. But luckily, my friend's ranch was nearby. I texted the landowner. And I said, hey, could we possibly fish the uh, tank, the stock tank on the property? And it's a rather big lake. And so he was like, yeah, sure. And so we got out there, uh, cattle in the house pasture. Yeah. Had to deal with that first. Got to be cowboys for about 10, 20 minutes. Bennett's a little afraid of the mama you cow. You know what? She was char- I thought she was charging. I thought she was charging. She, cows don't charge. Well, she was going towards me, and she looked a little angry because I was near, near her calf. They're all show, no go, dude. Well, that's you, get, you just gotta like get me. big. Kinda like me. Okay, okay, we're getting off topic. Okay, back it's to fine. It's fine. Hey, it's podcast. It's Isn't podcast. It? Hey, two, we're broing out. Exactly. And so, all right, we launched the boat. Still early morning. Not not a bad start. Mm. Got out early. Yeah, Reed's Reed's anchoring down. He's 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 got to rig up his rod. Me, yeah, I, just, I already, I already got my rod rigged up. Yeah, you were rigged up. But I was not. I, I just had line on my rod. I, yeah. I didn't attach base, which I'm really like no big, which isn't a big deal because I mean I was captain of the boat. That's yeah. what I was more concerned about right now. I was here to show Ben at a good time because oh. I need the lake. I had the boat, and yeah, and so yeah. and so I, I got my lucky red, red crawfish crank, crank. but three casting. Ooh, mama, bro, not even mama. first cast. First, first, ca- first cast. Mama. It just hits the water. Couple, oh. couple turns. Bam. Whoa. Whoa. This had to have been a 
three, four pounder. Probably my, yeah. Yeah, I, definitely a PB. You, that was the first thing you saw when it jumped the first time. You're like, yeah, PB, 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 PB. Personal best for all the new fishermen out there. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so I catch about five in the first 30 minutes with that lucky red. Mm-hmm. All right. Then we move spots to the uh, far end of the lake, right? Yeah. And the thing with this spot was it was the wind was coming into it. So this is kind of the end of the lake, really. Mm-hmm. And so we really had trouble catching them there because mm-hmm. the water was moving too fast. And they were trying to, they were just waking up, trying to conserve energy. They hadn't eaten yet, so what did you think? It was it was pretty dry. It was decent. I again, I'm a lucky red, so I caught. You red draw. I, I, I think I got like three, three on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was tough, mm-hmm. and then we moved to the uh, to the cage. Yes, we had. There is a kind of a. There's this peninsula out part on the on the lake, and it was protected by some trees in the direction of the wind. So it was flat. There wasn't any wind ripples, no white caps. Because when we started to get off, the center of the lake was white cap, and it was, it was pretty decent. Breezy. And I was like, you know what? I have this little popper, little uh, top water popper. And, and we were like, hey. we, we started with those red crank, those mm-hmm. red crawfish crank baits yeah. because it's spring, it's crawfish season. This is what these bass eat in the spring. So crawfish crank baits are always a good go to in the spring. Now, the part we had gotten in this kind of inlet. And it was it was protected by the trees, no wind, so, but it was about two and a half feet deep, mm-hmm. and we could when we pulled in there, we could see grass. So yeah, obviously was... this was the beds. All the fish we had caught already had dumped their eggs, so these moms are out there protecting these eggs right yeah. now, and so they are on the beds, and they are hungry. Oh yes. And so we started with a crankbait. <coughs> Too shallow. Yeah, but the so for our viewers who don't understand, a crankbait has a lip on the front of it, and it's angled mm-hmm. downwards. So when you start pulling it through the water, that downwards angle plate, when the water hits, it just pushes so it down. Deep and de- yeah, and so depending, and crankbaits are set depending on that angle to a certain depth. This crankbait was set to about a four six foot depth, right? And this was a two and a half foot. So we had we had to switch up our tactic. We figured since it was so shallow, we could get poppers on top and just start pop, pop, pop. And oh boy, did we pop. Never oh. have I had a feeding frenzy like that with that large First mouth. in my life. I mean, I was ever catching one. I turn around, he's catching one. I mean, oh. he said, hey, dude, give, give me the pliers, give me the knife. Well, I'm busy trying to hook one, you know, of my monster of my own. Uh-huh. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And we saw them throughout the lake. I mean, they were jumping. They were jumping, dude. All day. All over. All over. And so we had a good feeling. I mean, and Reed caught, I mean, Reed caught his first fish, but like, you know, with Popper. Yeah. And then he caught up just, I mean, we were catching back-to-back casts. Yeah. Oh, I felt absolutely. like a professional bass fisherman, which is one of the best feelings in the world. In the world. Because you see it. these guys, they're on $100,000 boats, sponsorship stickers all over. Power poles. Power okay? pole. That's power poles. That power is when pole. you know you made it big time is when you have power poles. If you have a power pole, you're either rich or you're really good at bass fishing. Yes. There's no in between. No, sir. Or you're a rich guy who knows absolutely nothing and you just want him to look cool. Which is so, respectable. 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 I don't I don't mind it. No. You're you are gonna do better than I ever will. So <laughs> just because you have power poles. Yep. 
And... <laughs> oh. But yeah, crazy day. Crazy, crazy day. Crazy. So much fun. And probably the only other... Uh, that was probably the coolest fishing experiences I have. And probably the most... The most cool I, I've had was um, out at Orange Beach, Alabama. Orange Beach. Me and my dad had a little charter, went offshore, and we were catching red snapper. And we were catching them all day. Just half day. I was about 12, 13. Now, that, was a, that was a long day for me. And so we're catching them. I'm getting tired. Mm-hmm. It's about mm, noon. Noon to one. Noon, noon, noon. Yeah. And it's the last cast. My dad, what we thought was a big one. He says, hey, son, you know, you reel this one in. And I'm reeling it in. It takes a long time. And I'm like, it's taking forever. Well, lo and behold, it is no red snapper. It is an amberjack. Four or five foot amberjack. As tall as me. I, no a little kid. wee 12-year-old? Oh, a wee 12-year-old. I was like, I mean, and I was the celebrity of the boat. Because that was the biggest fish of the day. And this was a public charter. At least 50 people. And I was this, everyone came up to me. Oh, nice, nice catch. How's it going? It's always the 12-year-old. Dude, always. Always. I felt that that was my 10 minutes of fame. I was the coolest you know what? kid. You know what? I was I'll, the coolest I for that. kid that on is... the boat. It felt awesome. And so we, we couldn't keep it. We had to eat it. Mm-hmm. And my stubborn 12-year-old did didn't not have any. Didn't have the fr- the, I mean, that is the freshest of the fresh. Like, you want fresh? We caught it 10 minutes ago, put it on the grill. And I didn't have any. I uh-huh. had my goldfish. Um, but I was 12. Mm-hmm. So I was still the coolest kid on the boat. Absolutely. I mean, but I'm sure that that amberjack probably would have been the just most scrumptious thing I've ever put in my mouth. Oh, yeah. And I missed out on it, but it's okay. It happens. Have you ever had cobia? I've not. Oh, my God, dude. Cobia, so good. So, like, flaky. It's like, it, it's a skin fish. It's not, it doesn't have scales. Okay. So it's like a catfish. Yeah. Okay. And it is a big catfish. Okay. I, I, I say of... catfish relatively because it's not a catfish. They look like it just catfish. looks okay. like a catfish. All right. But um so good. White, flaky, kinda like a catfish. But oh it's it's lighter than red snapper. If okay. that Okay. It's it's light. Super light. Super light. Now if for our viewers who have never or listeners rather who have never had red snapper, it's like the beach fisherman lifestyle in a bite it's like a gary p nunn song in a bite yes sir oh. uh, my kind of day on padre redneck riviera it tastes like those songs yes. in a bite just if the vibes are immaculate it, it's just this flavor explosion in your mouth it tastes like salt water if that makes any sense but mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta blacken it with yep. a heavy layer of Old Bay and a heavy layer of Tony Sacherets on each side. Put put a little bit of canola oil in your cast iron. But the way you have to heat your cast iron is really important. You gotta you gotta get your grill out. Don't put it on your stove. It will make a living mess. Okay. So you gotta do it's it on the grill outside. Get that grill rolling on like super high heat. Get that get that skillet on there. Uh, canola oil. High smoke oil. Uh, personally, I put in about a teaspoon of butter. Um, and then season your oil. Season your oil. Please, for the love of God, season your oil. And then you season your fish. So put that, uh, put those fish in. Mm-hmm. A few minutes aside. Blacken them. Delicious. 
Oh, such delicious. So good. Oh, that sounds so good. good. Now, you've you've got me hungry. You've got me hungry, and I got some questions for you. Alrighty. I got some questions now. Favorite? Are you a blackened, grilled, or fried kind of man? Blackened all the way. Blackened all the way. Followed okay. quickly by grilled, but you got to season it a bit. You can't mm-hmm. just you can't just cook it dry. That's oh, that, that's gross. That's... It just tastes weird. Yeah. It starts yeah. to taste like flaky chicken. It's a big like, no no. If you're new. Always season the fish. Always season the Always. fish. Don't season anything, honestly. I mean, if you ever cook it, it never hurts to add some seasoning. Always season. Always it. season. Not just a little bit of salt and pepper. No, no. You get some flavor in there. Mm, get some yeah, heat. for sure. Mm, yes, sir. Get some heat. Cajun, mm, baby. Oh. Mm. Now, second question. Go to snack on, on the, the bass boat. boat. On, Go you're to on the snack. bass eater. On the bass boat. You're, you're, okay. You're a little hungry. What are you pulling out? Now here's the. Okay, essentials for every bass fisherman. Bennett, if you have ever looked in my center console, you will find a bag of Takis, of a box of Cheez-Its, and a bag of goldfish, which I stole from your girlfriend because she left them in my truck. Respectable. Yeah. This was on our Arkansas tour. She had left them there, and they're still goldfish. And they're still okay. They aren't hey. stale yet. Hey. They're still edible. But they're all go-to snacks on the boat. But if you're a real man, if you're a man's man, you catch that fish... You cut it right there, you fillet it, you put it on a, you drill a little one of them charbroil, mm-hmm. kind of those OG, like, those black grills with ones. the, like, three yep. uh, legs, and it looks kind of like, like a, a Weber. UFO, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a Weber, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you get one of the mini ones, and you know how I have that turtle shell on the front of my boat, right? Yes. Just drill it right into there. Just drill it in, and... Keep some lump charcoal in the front hatch of the boat. Got to have a little seasoning. Got to have. Got to have your seasoning in the boat. You can't. You can't cook fish without no, seasoning, like no, you said. No, no. So, and just cook it right there. That's it. That yeah. sounds. Now here's the th- here's the here's the real question. Okay. Music on the boat. Music on the boat. If you're there mm. to have a good time, just chill out, relax. Get some music, just some light music going. Light music. Now, if you're there to catch fish, and like music's no intense, go. No, no music. Because for those who don't know, the fish. it's noise vibrates in the mm. in the water. It will vibrate the hull of your boat. Yeah, and it will. If you honestly want to catch any fish at all, mm-hmm. no music. Yeah, but if you're you know with your girlfriend, and you already know you're not probably gonna catch some fish. Music. Music. Are we going for some music? Now, personally, Jimmy Buffett, you know, mm-hmm. some, uh, you get the vibes. There is a, what's the, he, he just died, Walker. Uh, Jerry Jeff Walker. Oh. He has made an album. Rest he peace. made a Seaside, he made a Jimmy Buffett album. Very, mm-hmm. the vibes are very Jimmy Buffett. That's great, great fishing. Mm-hmm. Great fishing song. Anything acoustic, you know, something chill, something vibe. Yeah. So, my go-to, Gary P. Nunn, my kind of yes. day on Padre, uh, Redneck Riviera. And that's just my go-to on the boat. And, yeah. Totally for it. No. All right. Now, moving on in our, like, last four minutes, we're going to move on to an issue that just came up and which really threatens recreational and commercial fishing in America. And so... People like us, just normal, average Joes. Yes. 
you can't can't really call me an average Joe because my name actually is Joe. So here I have an article from Vox, V-O-X, not Fox, um, that says that describes an executive order that was signed a couple weeks ago by President Biden, and it says triple protection for federal land. So the the main thing is conserving 30% of land and 30% of ocean waters by 2030 would be a big win for climate and biodiversity. Now, there's a but. There's a huge but with this, and I'm going to describe it here, is from what I read from this Vox News article, and I also have a printout here, a press release from the Department of the Interior, and it says that it is more of an investment in clean energy future. Here's the issue. It's not, they're going to stop issuing new oil drilling permits, which for offshore in the Gulf of Mexico is a huge impact mm-hmm. that's on very e- economy. I mean, that that's not even an economic issue. That is those oil rigs. Let's, let's just, let's just look up how many oil rigs are active in the Gulf of Mexico. Are there a lot? Oh, thousands. Thousands? Oh, rigs in the Gulf of Mexico. Interesting. Well, I'm sure for okay. the... E- e- okay. As of April 2019, there are 1,800 um, active oil rigs in the Gulf of Mexico. 1,862 to be exact. Now, this, now if, if you know anything about offshore fishing, tuna, um, sa- uh, swords, marlin, mm-hmm. they all hang around the Those, bottom of the these... Big rigs. Big rigs because it's structure. It's close. It's great shelter, right? For it's shelter. Because mm-hmm. open water for fish is dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. No. So you got these massive yellowfin on the bottom of these rigs. These are habitats. These aren't just oil rigs. Now I get that. Um, I get that oil spills are obviously a risk and such as the British Petroleum Deepwater Horizon, which was a... Huge. Oh, my God. It was such a disaster. Mess. Um, 11 people died, and it wasn't... This is one of the biggest spills ever. It was a... um, It went... From twenty five hundred to sixty eight thousand square miles of spilled oil, yeah. which is a ridiculous. Amount. I I remember it. You know, now I that. yeah, we were twenty twelve elementary school twenty ten. That was twenty ten. We were eight years old. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the news, but I still heard of it. Yeah, so it was just impacted so many lives. Yeah, and I actually knew the guy who prosecuted British Petroleum for that. And really, yeah, That's cool. and he he's he's a huge lawyer and. Um, so, but the thing about this executive order is it closes down these 30% of waters to, um, it closes down these waters to recreational fishing, uh, and a couple versions of commercial. So yep. bottom trawlers and pelagic longline. Yes. So this is not just going to 
it says it's creating jobs, but it's taking away a certain amount of jobs yeah. too. Because people, like, like most coastal communities, are not. There is not a whole lot of money there. Like you go through, you it's, drive through Aransas Pass. It's fishing. It, it's it relies it on commercial fishing. fishing. There are mm-hmm. there are not big houses. No. Um, I mean, of course, there's those beach communities yes. where all the rich people have their second homes, such as Port Aransas and Rockport. But between those two towns, there's a city called Aransas Pass, and it is strictly based on fishing. There is, this is what these people live on, and if you take these fisheries away from them, they're not going to have anything to do. So you're losing these jobs here, but you're giving, but it, it's only going to equal out. Yeah. Just with different jobs, but the problem is those jobs are going to be outsourced because that is, um, uh, computer science, uh, engineering, um, I mean, and they've, yeah, architecture. And they've grown up fishing. They know how to fish. That's what they're best at. Yeah, these are working communities. They aren't, no, these people didn't go to college. They worked on their dad's boat, boat. and now it's their boat. They were 10 Mm -hmm. and, now they inherited they, they, they're they the captain to support they have this is yeah so that's my problem with it it's taking away the livelihood of these coastal communities and their way of life so on that note i think we had a great discussion yes, this week we are out catch of time. us next time unfortunately we are out of time hey thanks for so, thanks for inviting me it's a pleasure always it's a pleasure pleasure Thank Come you. back next week I for another podcast. Absolutely. To. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time on the Bennett and Reed Outdoor Podcast.